Anton. Marilee. How are you? Lovely. Lovely? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. How are you? Yeah, Good. talk to me. Um, the gardeners left, and now it's like, oh, immediate silence. It's like, oh, the calm. <sighs> I don't know. I've been, um... Huh. Come on. You've got more to say than I do. I'm just sitting here. No, I really don't. I really don't. I just, I love my peace and quiet. I really do. I love, I am so normal, like with the silence. It, this is my space. Does that make you introspective, do you think? Absolutely. You think introspective? Yeah, absolutely. So, you're, so you are, at that point, you are the most interesting person you know? I love my life. I absolutely love my life. I love, I love all my interests, <laughs> all, all of my preoccupations, everything that I do, <laughs> you know, the plans that I have, what I'm going to create. And yeah, I'm never bored. That That's not even in my vocabulary. Do you think, you know, you and I share being, being only children. Yeah. Do you think that's a trait of us? Yeah, I do. Where we, we are, we are introspective. We, we, we are sort of, we don't grow, we don't we don't grow up with siblings so we're not in that social swirl uh we're not competing with them um and i think we we turn to ourselves as a as a group those mm-hmm. of us that were or you know we're single well you single learn to entertain yourself you do yeah you do and uh yeah yeah, I mean, I think I think time. that comes. That's part of how, why we also enjoy the um, nature. Uh, Would those of us who are like that, we tend to have more time as we grow up to focus on that kind of stuff. I think. I, I mean, I did. I don't know. I, of course, I was I was a Montana grow upper, so that was pretty simple for me to go out there and get dumped off in the woods and play uh, hmm. play with the trees. I don't know. I don't know, but I, you know, I have the same thing anyway. Just to, to your, to my point, to our conversation, I don't have any trouble being alone at all. Uh-uh. I like it. I need it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, yeah. now, now back to what I do. You know, everything else is just let me get that done. Let me get that done. But back to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know, I. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, I think maybe there was a point in my life where maybe I thought, you know, it. I can't relate to siblings. You know, I don't have that problem. I don't have that drama. I don't have any of that, you know, or maybe even the closeness that some siblings have, you know, the, the automatic friend maybe. But as an adult, now that... I help people through their issues. A lot of their issues stem from the people closest to them. So you and I both raised multiple children. Yeah. As adults. So how do you see that your life with your family different than your life was with as your, as yourself? Um Maybe it's just an unfair question, but no, I don't know. no, I just I just have to think about it. You know, um, my children don't fight. <laughs> like there's there's zero drama in my mm-hmm. in my family. Like zero. 
<laughs> you've got uh, you got boys and girls, yeah. Mix. Yeah, one girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and then uh, and my three boys and every time we get together, I mean, it's it's just a good time or a good conversation. We're having it doesn't matter what the mix is. It just doesn't matter mm-hmm. who's with who or if we're all together. There's just no drama. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the way they were raised and the way we are. If there's any drama at all, it's with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, truth be told. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, mom. It's like, I, mom, I'm the, I'm the crutch or the the problem it's me you know i'm out of it whatever it is it's me like all right that's my role i'm mom okay i get it but yeah in reality though no (laughs) so was does the one girl operate then in a in that family unit as as a mediator for the three boys to keep them from killing each other no not at all. Not at all. Okay. They don't. There's zero animosity with my boys. Zero. There's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They. They don't need a mediator. Well, but they're they're kind of you know they're not children. They're adults essentially. But How about when they were little? How about when they're little? Um, Did they fight over their toys or something? Or throw and when or... when they were little, little, yeah. I mean, you know, my second oldest was very very possessive of sam my oldest and um you know he didn't want anybody else here it was just him and sam you know sam is his best friend and so he made sure to like leave ben out of it you know and push ben out of it and and so then when emma came along it was ben and emma you know and ben would take care of emma and that was that and you know it just however they found their groove but um you know and uh yeah. Oh, yeah. Peter and Ben used to really get into it. Ugh. Mm. But um, yeah, sounding more normal all the time. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, one time I mean, they were they were little. <laughs> I was gonna go pick up Sam from school, so they were they were little, and I don't know. Ben was mad at Peter for something, and he hit Peter over the head with a bicycle seat. Oh my God! I was livid, and. I just grabbed both of his arms and it, all I could do was just hold on to Ben and just maintain composure. And Peter's crying, you know, and I'm so angry at Ben. And I said, get in the car. We have to go get Sam. So now Peter's in his car seat, Ben's in his car seat, and you know, we're going to get Sam. The line is coming out of, the, you know, the school to get the kids. And Peter's crying. He says, mom, I can't see anything. Oh, oh my God, I freaked <laughs> out. And um, I was crying and I'm like, shit, there's this line to get Sam, you know, and, and you know, I finally got Sam in the car and I called Doug and, and we took my Peter to the doctor, to the hospital and everything was fine. But, you know, frantic, frantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But um, that kind of stuff, just mm-mm. other than that, I mean, I can't think of. And one time <laughs> when my boys were older, and they had their friends and they're in Sam's room, and I don't know what they were doing. They were talking, they were thinking about something. I don't know. And Peter comes up behind me and he puts his arm like around my neck, 
and like he's messing around with me. Well, I just flipped him right on his back. <laughs> and his <laughs> friends were like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter, in, in, in disbelief and embarrassment, he could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm like, because uh, Peter, you know, he's what six two, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he was six two. <laughs> he was six two then. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. shot! Wow. Good shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to do everything with my kids. You know, we used to. I mean, like I said yesterday, we played piano for six years, and then uh, we took taekwondo together. <laughs> taekwondo. Oh God, there's stories there too. <laughs> They'll never let me live down when I I sidekicked Emma. She just baby. She went flying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! It's like I mean, it was more of a, it was more of me putting my foot up like for protection, not a full on kick, obviously. But her little self just went flying. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Hmm. But yeah, I mean, have I had tournaments, you know, with Master Lee and. Uh, yeah, we were into it. We would box. You did boxing too? You did boxing? Well, not boxing, but um, <laughs> just because they're boys, you know, they're boys. And at home, one time Peter had this fight club thing. Oh, God, the fight club. I don't know what I was thinking then either, but that's what they thought was cool. <laughs> And they're like, don't worry, Mom, Sweeney, we got this. Don't worry. You know, Sam's older friends. Don't worry. We're going to man this. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crazy times. But You know, I, uh, Christine is a boxer. Mm. Uh, and um, I, it, there's, I got a story about boxing with her that's kind of funny. Um, she was in the gym working out with a heavy bag or with somebody or, you know, somebody was working with her anyway. And a, a photographer comes by and asks permission to take pictures. Speaking of asking permission yeah, uh, to take pictures and um, wanted to know if she would sign a model release. And then, you know, and she was just boxing. It's fine. So she did. And um, next thing we know, she's a, um, she is a uh, what do we call it? A talent for um, McCann Erickson in New York. Mm. And the next thing we know, she's in the uh, she's in the uh, the, um, the the magazines. She's in the Economist. She's in the New York Times, um, advertising a banking company as a boxer. And there she is. That's awesome. And uh, what well, the best part was, the checks started coming in, and they were big. Big checks, like Dang. two and three and four thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when when you work for McCann Erickson, the, the checks are pretty big. Mm-hmm. And, wow, uh, completely by mistake. Hmm. But she was um, she was the only woman in the gym. I mean, that was that was a, it was a it's a man's game, of course. But she saw it as exercise, and she would go in and she'd spar with these guys. Right. And um, she was good at it. Hmm. And um, hmm. but that was that was the odd thing I said. One time we had another we had another um, situation where a guy came up and took pictures of the two of us, and we ended up on a billboard um, on Interstate Five, um, advertising um, uh, 
end of life experience. Oh thought, my oh. gosh. <laughs> oh my Did you sign yeah. off on that? How did that happen? Yeah. It was for a, some medical company, you know, and they had us down as, you know, you know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no. So I've had to tell people, take that down. Take that down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was even, I mean, it was even the color. The whole thing, it wasn't sepia tone, but it was like, it was like, you know, kind of a bluey gray color. Like these mm. people are, not only are they, not only old, but they're also dying. You know? Oh my oh, gosh. God. Zombie. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, funny. Yeah, well. Did they anyway. pay you for it? Yes, uh, we did. I don't remember now what that wasn't. That wasn't as um, much, uh, but it wasn't like the McCann Erickson deal, but it, we got paid. And, uh, and then, um, I was, uh, another time I got picked off, um, by a movie company. Mm-hmm. I was on my motorcycle in a ferry line in, in Edmonds, which is just out of Seattle. And this woman walks up to me and she said, that would you, would you, uh, would you sit for a screen test? And I said, yeah, sure. What the hell? You know, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. So we exchange information. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm at her apartment or her house, whatever it was. I forgot now. But anyway, and she's having me read for her. Hmm. And, um, and I thought, well, all right. You know, I mean, she's, she said, I'm the director. And I'd like you to read this. And so she, it seemed all legit at the time. And so I did that. And then I get a call. I get, I get a casting call. Yeah. And, uh, it's downtown, and I go down there, and um, and it's just you know it's like what you'd expect. There are people everywhere, cameras everywhere, lights, all kinds of stuff. And I go in, and she's and I you know they saw me there. She's all right over there, and he said, go to makeup, go to media, go to this, go to that. And I'm doing this, and I've never done this before in my life. And I am you know, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, don't have any lines. What am I going to do? Well, I didn't have any lines. <laughs> They just just wanted me in the shot. And I I was, what they did is they they had me in whatever outfit was that Wardrobe put me in. And they had me sit at a table and they bring all the cameras in. They said, all right, now I want you to look mad and pound your your fist on the table. Look mad and pound your fist on the table. Three Mm -hmm. times. Bam, bam, bam. Thank you. Okay, you're done. Next. Mm -hmm. And I became a commercial for a trucking company. Hmm. Wow. That's what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Look at you go. So, you know, hmm. I never did join SAG Africa or none of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I've had my, my dabble with that. What does the dabble mean? I don't know. It's just, you know, you're a kid and it's fun to be in a movie or an extra in a movie or something. And so it's so glamorous to be an extra in a movie. <laughs> it's like you're there. I'm telling you, you're there for like 14 or more hours. They don't pay anything. And uh, it's just grueling. But anyway, yeah, it was my, my boyfriend at the time and I. And we're going to be extras in this movie. Let's sign up. It's fun. And it's a lot of standing around. You don't really do much of anything. But there was this one. There was a part where... Where it was a bar scene, and they needed the extras, just volunteers, to do a wet T-shirt contest. And <laughs> my boyfriend says, "Go ahead, do it." <laughs> I looked at him like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I could not believe that he he gave his consent. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. No. Thank God I had half a brain even then, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, let's see, I was 20. I wasn't even 21 yet. 20 years old. And he's telling me, yeah, go ahead, do that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then we, then they chose us to have our own scene where we just walked down the sidewalk. And they said, okay, just walk down the sidewalk, have it a good time, and just look forward. Don't look at the camera. I said, okay. So I do that. Well, he doesn't. He looks straight at the camera and he's all smiling big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they're like, cut, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God. So, yeah, I think we made like $80 or something. <laughs> well, yeah, it's ridiculous. Time anyway. Yeah. $80. We were there for like 14 hours. Oh, well, then, yeah, they probably didn't pay for your time. No, Probably when you're 20, it does. I don't know. No, 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 no. It, it's it's a a rough gig. It really is. Uh, yeah. I think it is. Well, at that level, it is for sure. I mean, I you know, I mean, everything that I've had involved with has been has been by accident, and um, pretty smooth. Although I, I was, the last one was kind of interesting to hit my hit the table three times and leave. Mm. But um, that was what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was there. I mean, the woman that I read with, she was there in one of those fancy chairs, you know, with the with an um, um, ocular in her eye and the camera oh there. Oh, my goodness. She was directions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, all this stuff. I mean, it was really big time. Cool. That's cool. No, can't say I've no. done that. I did, I did try to go for um, modeling one time. I was young. I was probably like, I don't know, I was driving. So I must have been 16, 17. And they're like, okay, put this bathing suit on, go over here, and, you know, whatever. And somebody's going to come out and see you. So I put this bathing suit on, and I'm on, like, this this platform or something. And this old guy comes out, and he takes a look at me, and he looks me up and down, and he kind of chuckles. He goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next. (laughs) (laughs) What? He didn't like you? I guess not. I guess not. And I was, you know, thank God. Thank God. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, just getting into the wrong things for sure. Mm-mm. Jennifer tells great stories about being a model. God. She's yeah. Because she's a, she's done all kinds of stuff. I mean, she's traveled all over the world, you know, for in and out of places for nothing. But, but uh, you know, from me, a quick shot, a shot here, a shot there. But um, some of the stuff that she's I've seen I've seen some some outtakes or pictures where she like she would have to be she would she would be a a, a, um, a drug addict mm. in the street you know mm-hmm. uh, hung over drunk or drugged out in in a on, you know in in the curb and they would be fighting so there there she'd be you know and all tattered and screwed up and in the street modeling for some drug company you know hmm. funny that doesn't sound glamorous. Well, it wasn't very glamorous. It's not always glamorous, though. But the thing is, it's all about money, you know. When you get right. down to it, it's all about money. I mean, if if you're going to do the job, then that's the job. And she can, you can call, but it's not. It's um. Yeah, I mean, you, you can ask for a call, but but uh, here's the deal. I mean, I get. Uh, you ever get these things in the mail about about research? I get a bunch of research stuff in the mail. You know, want me to do research? 
Mm-hmm. They pay $150, $200 if you'll sit for an hour and talk to them? No. Oh, I get those all the time. I should send them to you. Mm. Um, and, um, are they doing research think, on you? I don't get it. What, what do they want? No, you're, no you're, you're a focus group. You're in a focus group. They pay you to be in a focus group. You sit oh. there and listen to somebody's pitch for an hour, and you, then you answer questions about what you think happened. And they usually pay between 100 and 150 bucks. And if it's online, it's pretty easy. Sometimes you have to go downtown. I've done it a couple of times. And and um, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was that interesting or worth the time. But but I, there, I think if you did enough of them, it would be a nice retirement job, you know. Sit at home and yeah, yeah. so it's jury duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, <clears throat> jury duty, right. Yeah, it's about as glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, thank boy. you. Well, what's wrong with jury duty is if you if you go to Superior Court in this town, you're in the worst part of town you could possibly be in. Mm. You know, I don't want to go down there. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, that's some that's what the what the cops do that. I don't want to go down there. I know. I just don't feel like a social worker. You know. Mm-mm. Like it's very easy. Was there any harm done? Was there any harm done? Most <laughs> of the time, there's no harm done. It's ridiculous. But anyway, you know, earlier today, I was thinking, I was watching somebody's um, ad, you know, their pitch on what, what's so great. It was on, uh, yeah, it is, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I'm sitting there listening to this whole thing, and I'm pretty uh, into it. It was long, longer than I, I wanted it to be. And I almost said it to you, and then I thought to myself, no, because you're going to think that I want you to watch the whole dang thing, and I don't. But, um, you know, it's basically a program that promises all kinds of great things. You know, it has a great story, has a, you know, the trials to triumph story. And, you know, this is what happened to us. Then we had to be convinced. We had to be convinced to share our secret with the world and teach. And I'm thinking to myself, I've been on the other side of that, you know, and I don't know. I, I really tried to be objective with how I think about it. You know, am I being negative? Am I, you know, do I even know what I'm thinking about? Am I judging it too quickly? Am I, you know, whatever, but I'm listening intently at what they're saying. And if, if you have the, the ability to be objective and have a, a higher view of it, you're going to see that what they're promising is money. That's the life that you want is money. And so so success is always equals money and all of these things. A better life, a better car, a better house, a better this, a better that. Right. It's like you haven't made it yet. You haven't made it yet. You're not happy yet. You don't have the life that you want yet until you have, you know, the things that money can buy because then of course, the reasoning is you can provide for your family and for others and, you know, experience and you can travel. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's very logical, very logical, but it's what it's not saying that we need to pay attention to. And what it's not saying is that, you know, basically, well, first of all, if I'm not doing anything with my life, Right. I don't think I'm doing anything. I don't have any direction. That's what they're saying, too. You don't have any direction. So you need a direction and then you can have the money. You put this into place and then you can have the things. And then you'll be happy. You'll have an amazing life. 
And then I, I just I'm yawning. <laughs> right? Right? I know. And that's why I wanted to send it to you because I'm like, who better to know this than you? <laughs> it's like, tell me, John, how is that life? <laughs> Multi million boats and yachts and things and things, you know? Seriously, I mean, I'm I'm firsthand holding hands with a guy who could tell you exactly what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking about the viewers, and you know, I looked up the reviews, and the reviews, you know, said that it changed their life and all this. Stuff. I mean, maybe it did. I don't know. I don't know. God bless them. Well, it certainly can be life changing, but I mean, you know, it all depends on what kind of life you want. Right. Um, exactly. <laughs> You can you can certainly catch the brass ring every morning when you get up because you've been up all night, you know, whatever. I mean, it's sure. Yeah, it's great. But it's just, it's, hmm. Right. It's, it's the, um, there are obviously exceptions that have to be to everything. Uh, but um, um, I think what bothered me the most about it probably was that I was in a position I've never thought too much about this, but I'll think about it. I'll, I'll talk as I think here, trying to figure out what, what it was about, about being enormously successful that bothered me the most. And I think it was the, I think it was the habitat that I was in. I was, um, I was making a, a great deal of money as essentially as a baggage handler. Um, mm-hmm. I had no, I had no, um, no one was giving me credit for being intelligent, a hard worker, smart, or anything, I was I was a um, I was like a conveyor belt. I was I was like a, I was something that didn't have any value. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I I was I was the operational side of the transaction. Therefore, I was necessary and I was smart and I knew all that and I was getting it done. But I wasn't getting any. Any, there was no stimulation to my brain. It was just money. Mm-hmm. No, nothing, nothing was working. So I started to drink. I started drinking mm-hmm. uh, because that was keeping me deadened for mm-hmm. you know for all my money. I had lots of money. I had uh, at one point. I had two airplanes, a couple, three sports cars. You know, you name it. Da da da. And I hated every minute of it. Because I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like I was, my worth was ever on the table. I never felt like I was reaching my potential. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I was just in for the, in for the buck, you know, mm-hmm. in for the money. There was nothing, it was hollow, nothing to it. Anyway, yeah. And so I, that's when I, I when I walked away, I went, I went back to school, stayed there for damn near 20 years, you know, uh, to try and get myself back. To claw back who I was, who right. I, my vision of myself was never met by money. My vision of who I was was never answered by a dollar bill, not ever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I could buy whatever I wanted to buy. I could buy mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. because what else are you going to do with it? You know, right? But, but I do so hollow. It was so zero zero, mm. so zero zero. Anyway, that's my story. Well, well, and I know that, you know, obviously as I'm watching this ad and I'm looking at all the things, you know, that they're 
promoting <clears throat> and knowing firsthand, you know, your story and how that really works and watching how other people operate. Um, I'm like, the common sense of it, it's like, oh gosh, I don't know. It was just frustrating me. Basically what happened was these people just have been making a lot of money off of studying other people's work. And that's, that's it. You just, you study somebody else's work. It's like Bob Proctor. I absolutely love Bob Proctor, but Bob Proctor, remember he studied thinking grow rich. He read it over and over and over again until it became who he was. And, you know, he could reiterate it. He put it into practice. And then and that practice, you know, brought him more and more success and he knew it better. And I mean, everything about him became that book. But he made his, his whole career is based off of this book, somebody else's work. And, yeah. you know, in this, in this too. So, okay. Which is fascinating to me because um, somebody could definitely do that with the game. Well, uh, yeah. Study it. You have to study it. You can't just teach it. You have to study. But it was that. But isn't that your job? Maybe not. I, mean, I guess they could do it with the game. Yes, a person could pick up the game and essentially uh, become a. Um, Bob Proctor. A Bob Proctor. Yeah. 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 Right. Because they studied it and then they, they put it to work and they know it works and now they're a product of it. Right. So are you, is that what you're saying? Is that what, are you in favor of that? I guess you Well, would be, no. Obviously. So now what happens is, you know, the person who makes it, um, well, there's going to be those who want to teach it without knowing it. You know, that experience, it's kind of like being a missionary, you know, it's like, you're going to go out there and, and talk about the word, but you've never had an experience with God. You don't know God at all. <laughs> right. You're still looking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's the same yeah. thing. You could take the game and, and try to reiterate what the, the lessons are, but you have to experience it to know the power. You have to become mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Okay, but you, I mean, that would be for a little more mature crowd, it seems to me. Um, yeah, but it takes even a little bit of time to experience all that stuff. It does. But even in your experience, wouldn't you say that it works? Um, even by what? Yes, it does. Well, yes, it does. I mean, if you're going to use me as the example, then I would say that I was a really flawed merchandise when that came along. Uh, because even though I had done all this business about changing my life, I still had a huge attitude uh, about who I was. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just smart with an attitude. Um, I'm still fighting that. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but when the game arrived in my life, um, uh, it was um, embarrassingly accurate and... Um, it's like um I don't know what it's like. It's like a it's like the game is like a book that hovers around. I mean, it's like it's there. It is. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, could I mean I don't know how to I don't know how to I don't know how to, to describe it exactly. Um, maybe that's why I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's like. 
Um, I, 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 what, what do you want me to say? I don't know what to say. I mean, I, it's, it's that's the problem with the game. You know, hmm. it's it's so in, it's so incredibly powerful that I can pick up any other book and read it and be. I mean, including the Bible or you know the Quran or whatever it is, and you know it's all right. But this book, the game nails it right down to the 21st century. Here we are. Mm-hmm. It's not talking in riddles or rhymes or myths. Mm-hmm. It's talking about day-to-day stuff right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, 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 so it's a contemporary Bible, essentially. I don't, I don't want to use it, the Bible as an example. It's, it's a, a contemporary path of how you should run your life. Mm-hmm. Winning by virtue, one move at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm in constant, I'm in constant amazement of just watching how you operate, personally. And we're, I mean, we're we're completely <laughs> different people, you know. Yeah. But and but we're aware of one another, and and we're aware of a lot of things about one another. And I'm you're just fascinating, truly, completely fascinating, of how you can be so effective. And I, I listened to you. I listened to you on social media for you know a long time, on several platforms. I watched you on some of the times when you were, you know, mm-hmm. in, on a video thing. And you're astoundingly effective. I mean, I listened to guys call you up, these you know these hunters that were out there looking for midnight runs, mm-hmm. you know, to make. And I thought, oh my God, you have no idea what you're up against, guy. You know, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And it was just great. I mean, it was great. I mean, just so how do you, so, you know, my first reaction would be, how does she monetize that? My first right. Reaction. You know, how do you monetize that? But you have to be careful how you monetize that because sometimes by monetizing it, you take it away. You It loses its worth. That's almost sort of like the holy thing, you know. Um, I don't know. It's good enough to be almost religious if you practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what happened? What do you get? What do you get out of it? Do you get a free house and a free meal, three hots and a flop? I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> okay, okay. All that is really good. <laughs> so here's the thing. All I did was deliver it. So I, you know, I'm putting the recipe down on paper, and the investment is the hardest thing to make. I think for people. You know, there, I mean, there are people out there who are readers, 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 and of philosophy and, you know, personal development, whatever, whatever. But, um, you know, this is for everyone. If, if you're not into personal development, it's it's still for you. <laughs> it's for you. It's going to solve your problem. I don't care. Oh, what yeah, yeah. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, whatever. Yeah. You're right. I mean, whenever I, whenever I pick up your book and read it, I don't feel like I've stolen a textbook out of a class or anything. I feel like this is for the ages. This is mine, and I mm-hmm. and I I didn't get it out of a coach. No coach gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no life coach told me this is what I should do. This is the word. Mm-hmm. This is how you do it. Yeah. And, and so I'm, people sometimes it, when I say that they think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I know I'm not crazy. Well, you know. But they're but they're coming from a standpoint of not having any any experience with it. That's right, and and I and I'm not schooled at, at at telling them 
how good it is either. I just sit there and burble and puke on my bed, you know, and tell them it's great. And then... <laughs> right. Well, you know, and then they think it's just your, your fascination at the moment. And they don't understand the depth of what you're talking about. And yeah, I, mean, I, get, yeah, I get accused of that a lot. It's really... And that's unfortunate. Really yeah. unfortunate. And the arrogance behind that too. But um, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, there are people who write books so that they can monetize a program. You know, the book is just so that they could say that they're an author. You know, it serves a purpose. It's not so much the information in there. It's what the, your name on the cover represents. And yeah. that, right. And then you can do a program based on that. And then it just goes on. And you get a funnel and all this other stuff. Okay. Well, it's not that. It's, it's just not that. I, I don't feel like I need to do any of that stuff. I, I put the recipe in there and anybody who wanted to study it or read it, you don't need me. You know, if you had me, you would fast track to the whole thing. You know, it's going to take a bit. <laughs> yeah. But, right? I think so. But I, I still think it requires, um, I mean, obviously having you involved would be really great. Um, but I, I believe that if you, if you take the time to read it and I don't think it's something that you, that you, you don't blow through it, you know, you don't re read this book in a week. You, you, it's a life experience. It's a book that you never, ever pick up and you never, ever put down. Mm -hmm. It's just levitating around you all the time. And you, and you open it up and you pick a little pearl out of it and you think about that pearl. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. If I get lost, if I take it page on page, page on page, I get lost. Mm -hmm. um, I like to take it. It's like you know, opening up a closet and finding something special. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what the book is. The book is like opening up my my little my my little case of special stuff. Mm -hmm. Almost like it reads uh, you, because wherever you open it, you know. Well, I. You know, you know it's, I, I've gone through that before uh, with this particular book where I have um, tried to decide which part of the book I really want to open to. Like mm -hmm. I kind of know the book, mm -hmm. you know, and, and do I want to talk about the queen or the king or do I, you know, do I want to read a story or, you know, mm -hmm. biblical verses. Mm -hmm. kind of, am I kind of psyching out the book a little bit too, you know? Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I like the best. I know you. You know, I know. I know where you are in there. You no. Know? Mm -hmm. I know which. I know where your groupings are. You know, which grouping do I want to get involved in today? You know, do I want to be in part two, part one, points to remember. You know, what do I want? Um. I so it's like to... it's. I'm feeding. I mean, I'm. It's. I'm indulging myself with your book. Yeah. I think there's just so much to fall in love with. You know, like if you if you took one thing like if you just read the first gate do you think you know? it creates a peaceful environment you know I, you know i do wear i i do wear i've told you this before i do wear a bracelet with the five gates i do that you know that no you know? i didn't know that yeah i wear i've got i've got a i've got a silver bar around my wrist with five notches in it based on your book really yeah i do i wear it all the time never nice. take it off i love that I didn't know that. Yeah. Based on my book. Uh-huh. Huh. That's awesome. What made you do that? Oh, you know, 
I don't know, fairy dust, whatever <laughs> you spread around. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, and, and also what I was saying was, you know, you fall in love with it. If you just read one of those gates and then you lift your head and you go out in the world and you remember what you read, and you're like, damn. You see the world totally different. What the hell? Yeah, well, and people. I mean, it's it's a people book, but. Um, uh, oh, it's so disappointing I, when I when when you can't unsee what you've learned. It's so disappointing. Well, yeah, you can't. That's for sure. And the, the whole book, you can't unsee it. Mm-mm. Um, uh, I mean, I I keep going into the third gate, of course, because I'm I've spent so much time you know, <laughs> in that arena. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Intelligence yeah. is what we're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and, what do you um, find? I find it's accurate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it's very accurate. I, I, I find it that people, people, they can either position themselves here and stay wherever they belong. They can move up. Uh, but you get, you learn all about, um, I think, um, what I, what I had to learn is, is the novelty of self-education in your book. The worth of it, mm. the worth of, of being self-educated. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I was, I came up, you know, I spent sixty years being self-educated. Then I spent twenty or thirty more years being formally educated. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been on both sides of that of that run. And so I, I find, I find your, I think that your perception. As you, or I guess this was a lot of this material was given to you through the fourth dimension, but I, your perception of how these things relate to society are, is just golden, just golden. Mm. Thank you. How you know yeah. how the player sees himself? How you you know? I mean, it's this, it's it's introspective, back and forth, back and forth. Like I had a publisher tell me one time what I wrote in a particular book was a symphony of change. Well, that's what that's where you are. It's like it's like a symphony. Mm. It's like the music. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. When I think about it, I just fall in love with it. When I think about, you know, I just hearing you talk about it and then you describing it as a symphony, my mind is literally rolling with the idea of the five gates and understanding the pieces and the rules. And the, you know, it's just like you're going, how do all these fit together? And it's just such a beautiful study to know who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, Pythagoras would be proud, you know, well, probably so would John Lester <laughs> at the, the, the music school. I mean, this is music in a, in a, in a way that's, um, um, it just is mm. well done. It's just well done. Thanks. I mean, it, it's, it's well done. I mean, the thing about it is we shouldn't be embarrassed about saying how good your book is because it is that good. If anybody doesn't believe that, then, you know, too bad. I mean, I just feel sorry for you. Well, they have um, to, you have to experience it. You just have to challenge it, you know, make the investment, challenge it and, and see. Well, to experience the book, all you have to be is alive. Right. I mean, if you've, if you've walked down the street and it has social interaction with anybody and you pick up this book, it's, it's nailed right there. Right. If you had any kind of a conversation with anybody about anything that was at least 
there was any tension involved at all. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't you don't need to be anything but putting steam on the mirror to have this book work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's I think there's um, you. Um, I mean, you're not religious. I I think in the, I don't think you're religious. I mean, even though there's a lot of uh, religious kind of stuff in the book or notations about God and so on. I don't view you, I don't view this book as a, uh, as a uh, religious event. No, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, not a, a proponent. It's not about religious at all. It's, it's, you know, you, you call on, on, on scripture, but I, I, I don't think that's the meat of the thing. Mm-hmm. And, you, I don't think so. Well, it's, it's um, based on God. And according to this book, our Bible, God is love. And so the game tells us how to become one with love so that we can know God. You know, and that's what I think a lot of people want to know. Well, I, th- I think, what in, but in your very book, you're talking about esoteric, the esotericness of the Bible, uh, as yes. opposed to what this is. You know, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, that's There's no true. esoteric stuff in, going on here. This is pretty straight over tackle stuff. Right. You know? Yeah, it's and very I think, clear. And I think that's really a plus. Right. Um, you know, I'm the one that talks in esoteric riddles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's and that comes from all of your um, experience and your schooling and the reading, the, the vocabulary that comes with that. You know, you just keep going higher and higher and higher to where that is your everyday conversation that others can't follow. Yeah, you remind me of that repeatedly. Uh, thank you for keeping me <laughs> straight. <laughs> Quack, quack, quack. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the whole idea is, is to really simplify such a complexity. And the greatest complexity is God, is love. We have not nailed that, even though there are many things out there, you know. Yeah, but see, that's probably an oxymoron, you know, because it's also the simplest, purest thing. And yet yeah. the most complicated thing. That's you right. Know, and if you use it as a physics problem, it really gets crazy. Um, so It's so simple. The complexity is so simple. And, and that's when, as a human being, you know, in this experience, when you start to put it into play and you're learning how to let go and let go and let go of that and let go of that too, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, is life really this simple? Is it really this easy? Yeah. Because the more you do this, the better your life gets. Yep. Well, it's a book and, for the ages. Yeah, and we're trained to do the opposite, to work so hard, to put in more hours, to be stressed out, to think of everything, to hit all the bases, you know, to become more, to have a name. I mean, it just, it keeps going and going and going, and you're, you're on this treadmill exhausted. You know, which brings me back to, you know, this thing that I was watching. Um. Don't perpetuate the idea that the life that everybody wants has to do with all the material things. Don't perpetuate that because it's getting lost. No matter how pure the intention is or what you were, you know, what you gathered in all your reading, if you are perpetuating the pursuit of money or what money can buy, you're losing it. 
But you see, I, I agree with that. I also see that there's fatal flaws everywhere because because people that start to to um, follow uh, fascism, for example, and want to be run by the state so they can relax and be who they want to be, finally figured out that they're being totally controlled, and none of that was true anyway. Yeah, uh, it's it's everything gets down to seems to get down at least to the human species as sapiens to control and. One of the ways you can avoid being controlled is to have a lot of money, um, because you can you can do things. You you have influence when you have money. You can buy your way out of stuff or into stuff or whatever. And so, to avoid control, money is one of the ways to do that. But that's really a hollow victory. The only yeah. way to avoid control is to elevate yourself out of the of, of the muck. You know. Right, but even the idea of when you have that much money, you're not being controlled, that's a lie. You're just getting deeper and deeper into the system because you still have to abide by their rules because you've attained their money their way. You know, I'm not I'm just talking about self perception. I understand your position there. But mm. but I but I'm talking about you will if you know, if you have a lot of money, you can you, you also that equals influence. Mm-hmm. No, matter, no matter how much you're being controlled or how much you've got it there um, or however you're, you're beholden to either the bank or the government or whoever it is or your stockholders or something, um, you know, you are, uh, if you have a lot of money, you're also very vulnerable also. You know, I mean, there is not a, not a happy state when, you can, when, when, a, when a mistake you make can cost you your entire, right. you know, your entire state, your house, your car, your everything. Right, because you made a mistake. There's, you know, if you don't happen to have a golden parachute, you're gone. Right. So this always is always that worry, and I just have this ongoing vision of myself, you know, walking into the horizon, walking into a sunset. Um. I, I had to, I had to, you know, I had to have a vision of something when I walked away, because I literally got on a motorcycle and left. Right. You know. Right. I mean, I mean, that was literal. I got on my motorcycle, kicked it off and went mm-hmm. and never turned back. Right. Um, and I mean, I was, you know, the, the bees and the flies in my teeth were way better than the money. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. But you have to reach that point where it, when you realize this is not it. I'll never reach what I'm trying to attain this way. That's right. That's right. Yep. Never do. And and I don't want to, you know, make the um or indicate that, that you can't have money. <laughs> you can't have wealth and things in abundance the same. It's not that. It's how you went about it. Because we don't know. Here's the beauty of it. we don't know what God has in store. So in scripture it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived. Okay, if no mind has conceived, that means that my mind has not conceived. Even though I can see things in front of me, how they're rolling out, the blessing that it is, you know, all these things that appear in my life, I have no idea where they're going. I don't know what the plan is. There's other things that are not within my vision that are still coming to me. And I'm going to bank on that. 
you know, and it's like, I'm going to take door number three. I'm not going to take the door number one where I can see everything. And that seems to be pretty secure. I'm going to take that one, you know, or number two is like, well, you're gonna have to work a little hard and, and, uh, you got to find the key, but, uh, no, number three, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm going to just, I'm just going to learn how to control myself so that I get the gift. And God always delivers. That's the thing. So how do you feel then about a monastic life? Uh, would you would you take a monastic life? Would you go sit in a uh, in a uh, monastery and? No, I think that's self sacrifice. I don't think I need to do that. Okay. See, I think I think the reason why somebody would need to do that or want to do that, in my in my perception, is that you understand that the material world is that of Satan. It's literally serving the beast, you know, because you're you're um, working so hard, you're giving up your life and your relationship with God in order to hit a time clock and, you know, get that paycheck or whatever and meet all your bills. So you're saying, well, if it's one or the other, I choose this one. But it, there's not that. You know, you you just have to be focused on how you're doing it. So when I go to my job. You know, when I pay my bills, when I do all this stuff, what is my state of mind? What is, how is my energy right now? How am I going to win? You know, like this morning we were talking about a situation and, you know, I was living and and still like, okay, I just have to calm down a minute and see how I'm going to handle this. Well, (laughs) the remedy came to me and it's, it's very simple. It's very gentle. And, um, there should be no reason why this doesn't work out very well for everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. What so what are you going to do? Just, make them acquainted with your book? <laughs> uh, with me. Oh, with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to call them back to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of thinking that this person is gone and now I, mm-hmm. I can only deal with the gatekeeper. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to call him back to the table. Yeah, and hear it from the the horse's mouth, and believe me, I'll be able to tell what his intention was, what he was doing, all that stuff. The moment he starts talking, yeah, good on you. It's yeah. interesting. I can already wait. Yeah, that's the remedy. Yeah. See, before yeah. it was, it was I'll like, make well, a book on your conversation. See if I can sell it in the neighborhood. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> This is literally, you know, what I do, you know, when, when there's a heated situation, you know, with people in, in any situation, any situation, it always has to do with people and they don't understand how not to choose the black door. Let's choose the white door. We're going to, we're going to do this instead. You know, I'm going to show a different way to handle it. And, um, People don't see that coming. They just don't wow. see it coming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, well, uh, we're kind of talking out of school here, but it's great. Um, what do you mean? Well, I mean we're talking about an event that really no one knows anything about, but but uh, but I also understand that. Um, okay. Well, in this situation where there's, there's me and two other people, okay, and 
in the game, there's only two players. So that's me and one of the two at any given time. It's not three of us. And so you have to divide and conquer. You have to understand who's your player, who's your spectator at the moment, and when does the board change? What control do I have over myself that would affect one of those boards? And this is where the finesse of the, of the game comes in. See, it's not just so simple that, oh, well, I'm not going to you know, look for marriage or something stupid. like it's, it's the depth of humanity how we operate hmm. but but you see that and to the to your credit that all people what you're putting out there what you're what you're laying down um requires is is capable of, of gathering up enormous amounts of concentration and thought because it's so broad you you you're throw one hell of a scope mm-hmm. and uh that's what makes it so valuable i think mm-hmm. uh is that is that it covers the reaches of enormous. It's it's creation. It's it's existence. Mm-hmm. It's how you operate. You know, as a confabulating sapien of the species, it's how you operate. Right. It's the book. It's the book of man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so you know when they say, well, you know, if you don't have a target market, if it's you know, if it's for everybody, it's not for anybody. And I'm like, well, then, you know, what can I tell you? I mean, it, it's from the boardroom to the bathroom. You know, when you're sitting there by yourself and you're reading this thing and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, look at me. I, that, that's me right there. Or you're, you know, in the middle of some very stressful situation in a corporate arena. And some important decisions need to be made. That, the game is going to help you out and give you clarity. Who's who? And what do I do? When I would, um, <laughs> when I would, you know, when you when you have a proposal to make to a board of directors, you usually have something under one minute, okay. um, because they don't give you any time. And one of the secrets to doing to getting the board's attention is to make sure that your proposal is thick and heavy, even because you're not going to show it to them. You don't have time. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is just pick up three or four inches of paper and just drop it on the desk before you start talking. Mm-hmm. The louder the noise your proposal makes, the more important it is. Mm. It's all—it's about noise. It's about boom, pop. I'm here briefly to talk to you guys about this proposal. If you put down three pieces of paper, they think that you know you're you're nowhere. And if you put down three inches of paper and you hit the, it's must be important. It must be important. It's all perception and manipulation. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean what does that remind you of? That's the that's same with an attorney. That's how, I, that's how I made my living. Right. I never sold the product. I always sold right. the story. Right. I always sell the story. Never open the door. The door might fall off in your hand. Never open the door. Just talk about the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a great analogy. But, you know, I'm thinking in my case with this book, if I don't tell you what the book is about, but I tell you the story, what is the story? My story? Well, it's a bad example. I mean, I was using a bad example. I was just trying to, I was just, you know, servicing myself by coming up with a board memories of how I used to handle boards. But it's not fair. I mean, that wasn't a fair analogy, really. Not, well, not to your book. 
Yeah. It, I mean, you can't handle, I mean, you cannot gauge yourself against the book because the book is bigger than you are in orders of magnitude. The book is, is a standalone thing. You know, mm-hmm. you're the, you're the scribe. Mm-hmm. The book is what it's all about. I know, but yeah. even with you saying that, before there was the book, there was me. This is how I live my life. And I wrote it in a book. And I mean, this is my operation. And it didn't come to me until later. After, you know, I'm writing, writing, writing and doing all this stuff. And I could hear all this, like all of this energy and these voices and things are coming to me. And I'm, I'm writing all this down. It wasn't until like, I don't know, like maybe midway or something. I'm like, wait a minute. This is me. This is my life. You know, I, I did, really didn't make the connection in the beginning. Yeah, but where are you going with that? I mean, what did I mean? So? Your point about the book being standalone and its own thing, and I'm I'm something separate, like oh, as I see. if okay. you know what I mean. All like right. I'm like I'm just the vessel, the the messenger, right? But then that would discount who I am and what I'm I I do. Okay. Because if well, there wasn't the book. You know, you could put me in any situation. I'd be able to remedy that. Because, yes, all right. Because you are you are the walking, talking, living example of what You're you are. Right. All right. So I, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm. I don't. You know, we, you can't unless there's some great new thing of physics just about to happen. I can't holographically turn you into eighty. You know, eight billion right. people. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So, that's why I'm saying, if you know, just read the book and study it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there. The answer is there, and then, and then, of course, the question is, well, what's the question? How do I know it's the answer is there? What is the question? What if it's not my question? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I it, it's um. <sighs> Because it's whatever the question is, whatever the question is, whatever the dilemma, whatever your concern, whoever you are, whatever, wherever you came from, whatever your age is, it, your answer is there. What I wonder if we could, maybe we can. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm just, no, I'm just thinking out of school. It's all right. I mean, I'm just thinking about stuff but to help, to help people. Um, Practice the game. How can we help them? You know, uh, besides the fact that they have to read the book and they have to practice it. But I mean, could we? Is there a, a swatch watch we could put on it? Well, I mean, like I to... could literally open the book and read a passage and give further clarity to it. Well, you it's... have to because that's well, that's the thing. Yes, yes, that's the beauty of that's. I mean, it's almost meditation when you start to think about the circumstance surrounding whatever was being said there, written there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, I mean, I have, you know, I was, I was raised, I was educated and raised for the first years of my life as a Catholic. And I travel around the world quite a bit. And, I, and one of the things I do is I buy rosaries in all the countries where I travel. I buy a rosary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore because I have all sorts of issues with that. But, mm-hmm. but I have this bag of rosaries uh, that become they become um, focus devices uh, mm-hmm. where if you have enough experience in the, in the rosary itself 
if you have enough life experience in it, you can pick up that rosary and you can do all kinds of things with it. It has nothing to do with the beads themselves. Mm-hmm. It has to do with your your thinking process. Mm-hmm. It's just like anything else, whether it be a drum or a rosary or a pine right. cone. Right. You need to focus. And um, and I you know I do have the memory of where I got some of these things, and that's almost funny. But it's um, yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm just figuring them right now. I mean, I got black and tan and blue. And, Huh. And all cultures have a little different take. Like this one I got in Mexico has a little, um, it's a very simple wooden crucifix, but not a crucifix that's just crossed uh-huh. on the end. And it has a little window, a little telescope thing. And you can look in there and there is a picture of the Sacred Heart. You can look at it. You know, uh-huh. that was in Mexico. Um, very interesting little piece of news there i'm sure you were looking forward to that but there it is no it's just (laughs) (laughs) it's totally just life i i don't know i don't know it's things that mean have meaning to us and that take us in a different place and somehow bring a result yep i get it and you know some people don't have any of that. They haven't created it or they haven't owned it or they haven't put placed importance on it. You know, it, it's. You uh, don't know how to get there though. You know, I, I, I think if you, if you engage with your environment, whatever that is, whether it be a feather or a tree or a rock or a freeway, if you engage with your environment and let it take you someplace, people don't, People tend to not, they tend to firewall themselves, I think, in my opinion. They don't let the feather take them someplace. They just look at, there's the feather. Mm-hmm. The feather's taking them someplace. The the, the, the the mask, the Guatemalan mask is taking them someplace. You know, um, there's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's funny? Oh, you might have gotten a call. I guess. Yeah. I I feel like when we start talking about those things, the two of us are, our mind starts to drift and fall in love with life. You know, like the things that we remember that we hold dear. Yes. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think we're supporting, we're, we're supporting the conversation in that very way. mm -hmm. I think we are. Yeah. And That's it's part of how we resonate. But it is such a gift to hold things dear. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's, it's not because, you know, well, my big house makes me all that. It's not that. It's, no. it's where was the love? Where's the love in it? Yeah, it's not about the house. It's not about the four walls. So, it's, about the, it's about the experience. Right. You know, and those, I mean, that home, I mean, if you put a lot of love into that home and you chose everything for that home and everything represented you, every nook and cranny was filled with the things that you love, it would be you. That's love. Those are the things you hold dear. Yeah, but I was having a cocktail party at one of my homes one time and 
uh, when I was pushing the envelope a bit too far and everything got repossessed during the party. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> everything, I mean, everything you held dear in it? Gone. Everything, they even took the pictures off the wall. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. I got it. Oh, that's, yeah. That's criminal. No, it's just the way it is. <laughs> no, no, no. What did what did you do to cause harm to somebody? Well, I didn't. I didn't pay. I mean, I, it was it was a debt. It was it was it was a um, um, it was a debt, and I wasn't in a position doing about it. And I was behind the curve, yeah. and I couldn't get out of it. Mm. And I was didn't I couldn't get out of it fast enough. And they chose to repossess me instead. I mean, it happens all the time. It happens every day. No, no, uh, no. You can, you know, you can bankrupt your way out of it, but but it happens a lot, and and uh, that's why I, I used to love to work with contractors because they are used to being up and down, mm-hmm. and they this bother them. You know, I mean, um, they have terrible credit. Contractors have awful credit mm-hmm. because they're always being, you know, they're always fighting with somebody over something. Yeah, you know, and they're and, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever they're they're paying for their next job. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I was the big, the funniest thing I ever I saw was uh, Denny Washington, who was the contractor for the University of Montana football stadium. While he's contracting for the job and building the new football stadium, he tries to buy an automatic washing machine at a local appliance store, and they turn him down. <laughs> <laughs> you know so when you live in that and read it it's really it's so what you know mm-hmm. next what else mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. <laughs> wow see that <laughs> power that's and the power of the bullies as well yeah you know we're that's going to overturn well, there's, there, there's a lot of water under our bridge really it's good it's good that we're talking I know. <laughs> I love our conversations. We be we be talking. And by the way, we've been we've run over our time. Okay. Maybe, maybe we have to stop now. Okay. All right. All right. We'll carry on. I love you. I love you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.